What up, Oasis people? Yeah. (laughs) We missed a week, and we are back. Sorry, guys. And I'm excited about it. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be so good. Soup's good. And the question I have (laughs) to kick it off. Let's go. Is if your house is on fire, which I don't own a home. I currently have an apartment, so renter's insurance. So I would let it all burn to the ground. But (laughs) (laughs) I'd get all new stuff. But anyways, if you had to go back into your burning house, Mm -hmm. what do you grab? Oof, that's such a hard question. I my go to is always to say my guitar. Um, mm. It's not currently there at the moment, so I don't know if I can really say that. If it wasn't there, I probably would grab like, um, you know, like computer, like iPad, those kind of things, because they have a lot of important stuff on them. But it's good. Yeah. Yeah, probably Emma. <laughs> well, I just assumed my dog wasn't in there. She would <laughs> be the Ben's first dog. thing I grabbed. Of ben course, would save his dog. I would have to because she'd be too lazy to be able to get up. I have to carry her out. My <laughs> other kids can run. Abby, see, Abby's going for Otis. So I don't have to worry about Otis. Yeah. Uh, the littlest yeah, baby for those who don't yeah. know. So yeah, sorry. My my six-month-old. Um, Wesley, we just got to wake him up. And Alice mm-hmm. will probably already be awake. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, Emma. That's good. You got a fire right. escape plan at your house? Um, we've talked about it, and it scared the crap out of Wesley so much he wouldn't <laughs> go to sleep that night. So, yeah. So, like, Abby, he has his books talking about um, dogs dressed as firefighters. Mm. But just, like, these people mm. are helpful. They, they want to help us. Here's what happens if a fire happens. It's like, oh, Abby tried to use it at 8 o'clock at night when Wesley is tired to use it as a teaching moment <laughs> to say, all right, what do we do if there's a fire? And my son couldn't go to sleep because oh, she pointed so out the smoke alarm. That was in his on the ceiling, and he's like, "I don't want that in here," and he wouldn't he wouldn't go to sleep. So we have a plan, isn't it? Mm. Funny how sometimes the things that protect us are what we don't want. Yep. There's <laughs> <laughs> a deep thought. That was deep. In there. I wasn't ready for that from you. <laughs> if I'm going back into my place to grab one thing, uh, this is tough. I'd probably grab. My computer, I feel like that's a cop-out, you know? Like, it doesn't feel like... It's kind of the way I felt, yeah. But I've heard, like, my dad always said, I'd grab the photo albums. It's like, Dad, Mm. (laughs) that's on my computer. I don't need photo albums. I can print new pictures. Yeah, my wife's getting out fine. She's agile. In high school, they called her White Lightning. (laughs) (laughs) She was on the track team. Me too. And she probably doesn't like that I said that. That's so funny. So she's getting out fine. I'm I'm 100% calling her that from now on. (laughs) I'm going for the computer. And the reason I bring this up, I got to ask this question about what you would save because are those things idols to us? What even is an idol, Ben? How do you know what is an idol? An idol is an object of worship, literally anything Mm -hmm. that you expect. So as followers of Jesus, for us, it's anything that we're putting up above Jesus Mm -hmm. that that captures our affection, that captures our heart. Um, And so the form of that is called idolatry, which which is worship of anything other than the one true God, which is Mm -hmm. our Savior, Lord, and King Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if we were to play all these three examples out, those things probably are are not idols to us. I guess we'll talk about that later. We'll, We'll ask some questions on how we'd identify it. But where do you mm-hmm. see this play out, maybe even in just like biblical history? Well, for us, looking at our biblical history, a lot of idolatry and idol talk happens in the Old Testament. And so one of the first forms is you get the commands, like the Ten Commandments. We all know the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. In Exodus 20, verse, starting in verse 2, it says, that God telling Moses to tell the Israelites to tell his people, you shall have no other gods 
before me, no other idols. Uh, he goes on to that. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. And so we see the history of the realities. Like we, he knew, and even in the history of that, when we could point out, and we'll talk about this a little bit, is we are prone to want to worship things mm-hmm. and anything. Like yeah. Romans, <laughs> Romans 1, 23, 21 through kind of 25, like 21 says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. And 25 says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. Like he knew we were prone to this. This is something that we were going to push into. So he had to make a command that said, hey, watch out for this. Yeah. Do not put anything above me. And then from that, it was just a battle as you read through Judges, as you read through the Old Testament, a back and forth cycle of the Israelites and people of God idolizing things, idolizing people, idolizing even policy and political and systems, Mm -hmm. structures, uh, and then God bringing a prophet and challenging them, and then they turn back to God, and then just this continuous cycle over and over and over again. So it's not just, you're telling me it's not just like the gods of the Bible. Like it's not just these false gods that people were claiming to worship? Correct. But where do they play into that? Are those idols then too? The false gods? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like, what? Like, give me an example. What are we talking about here? <laughs> well, you got the God. I mean, you Baal worship. Read Ezekiel, mm-hmm. right? The incredible, incredible story of Ezekiel coming against the Israelites who have turned to foreign gods. Um, no, I, I, that's, I guess it's pretty yeah. straightforward, huh? <laughs> they just worshiped a different, what they thought was a different being or god lowercase g on all of these last couple god words but otherwise i think you said a lot of it comes from the old testament is there new testament examples i can maybe think of one which one i I would probably say maybe like the pharisees idolizing the law yeah that's good Mm -hmm. you know there it was this thing given by god for them to be able to interact with god it was the 613 rules in order for them to worship him in the correct manner and they used that as the benchmark for everything they did, and they actually did a pretty good dang, right. dang good job of following it. That mm-hmm. wasn't their downfall. It was that they had followed it to such a T that they lost their heart for God and rather just had more of a heart to worship the law and to make sure that this thing was being kept rather than people encountering uh, their their creator again and having that relationship with him. Yeah, that's super yeah. good. And even with that, like they the idolization of power, not wanting to let go of it. So you have this guy who has this like follow this Jesus who is a rabbi having these followers of people and yeah. anything mm-hmm. they would do to want to crush that because they didn't want to be taken over. It's they yeah. wanted to keep the power. You have, I mean, in Acts as Paul is going to plant churches in in Asia and in, in these Greek and Roman cities of idol worship. Yeah, happening all over the place. Um, and so there's not specifics that we hear about as much in the New Testament, but there's realities. Even, I mean, First Thessalonians 1.9 is reporting, I'll start Nate for, this is in Paul writing to the Thessalonians. For not only did the message of the Lord ring out from you to Macedonia, but your faith in God has gone out to every place so that we have no need to say anything more. And he says, for they themselves report what kind of welcome you gave us and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. It's just examples of people turning from mm-hmm. idols, turning from objects of worship towards Jesus. And that's all That's all good and nice, right? <laughs> we, we love our Bible. If you haven't noticed that in the podcast, we want to use it all the time. It's one of the ways we know how to follow Jesus, and it's one of the things we're going to consistently keep using. So if you don't like it, you better find a different podcast. But... What does it mean today to follow idols or to have idols yeah. in your life? 
Yeah, I mean, it's really easy. We often think of idols as like little statues or things like that, but um, even what idol worship looks like today is more um, non-tangible things um, a lot of the time. So like one of the big ones is like pleasure. So we um, idolize food, entertainment, sex, those things that give us fulfillment or we think of as fulfillment or give us enjoyment. Uh, we idolize those things. We still idolize power and status through um, success and career, uh, receiving or you know gaining money, um, at being a billionaire, millionaire, having achievement, those are things we idolize. And then we also idolize love. We idolize romantic relationships. We idolize relationships with families. That's not one we talk about. And then we idolize even ourselves a lot of the time. So, And there's a ton in that. Yeah. I mean, we could spend... I went quick. <laughs> no, that's good. That's fine. What is maybe an example from each of those that you could pull out that's, that's even more tangible than just food or more tangible than just success? Can I go back one second? Sure. Sorry, buddy. Um... I think in all of those, recognize that in, in Jenny, you said it, family. Like, we don't think mm-hmm. of family because why? Yeah. On the f- forefront, it's something that's good, yeah. right? James tells us every good and perfect gift is from above. Every gift that we've been given is from God. And so it's not that we can't delight in these things. It's not that mm-hmm. we can't even enjoy or use those things. It's in the right context. Um, it would actually even be ungrateful to not use the things that God has given us as gifts. It's... He just wants us to remember how do we pursue these things well and how do we not basically make them idols, which we'll get to. I just want like – so we're not saying those things are bad. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the reality that these are actually good gifts. It's are we using them appropriately? So go back. Yeah. Sorry. What was your question? So then it was just like what, what are, are examples of these things? So like what's an example of like a pleasure, a power, or a love idol? Yeah. I think about um, like with entertainment – some people who prioritize spending their whole Sunday watching sports rather than going to church or being part of the body. And not saying you can never watch sports on Sunday, but again, again, when when that's what you prioritize over being a part of the kingdom of God and and going to the corporate gathering of the worship of God, like you've probably made that an idol. That's that's good. That is spot on. Ben, you got one from Power and Success? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not a three. And so maybe you could speak into this more, but the reality, like achievement, mm-hmm. wanting to mm-hmm. wanting to have and find success. And so it's the idea of the American reality of climbing the ladder, yeah. mm-hmm. right? It's it's doing whatever I can using my resources, my talents, my time, my treasure to gain gain not just access but success and achievement mm-hmm. to make it make myself higher level to ultimately make myself something bigger than I am. Yeah. And then yeah. the love one, I mean. We'll probably talk about this here in a bit again, but all of these things are are good. Romance and family and even self-love, this this thing that's getting thrown around all the time, they can be good, but when it becomes something we so consistently, like I need a boyfriend or a girlfriend, I need a spouse, I need kids, and it becomes something that that's what you're striving for, that's what you're finding your identity in, that's what you're every day thinking about, and it's distracted you from everything God's wanting for you and everything you're missing in this season maybe of your singleness or of your dating because you're looking to that next thing. It's it's idol, mm-hmm. it's idolatry. It's it's missing out on what God has for you in the moment because you're not recognize, recognizing His goodness because you want something other than that. Yeah. And in and, and all that... We, we talked about how it's not necessarily just liking something or finding enjoyment in that, but it's almost the corruption of those or exceedingly going above what it should be. And how do you recognize that? Like, how do you start to know if something actually is an idol? 
Yeah, I'm looking again, <clears throat> scripture, right? <clears throat> Gives us some indication. And then there's four questions we're going to go through. But Ezekiel 14.3 says, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and put wicked stumbling blocks before their faces. Uh, and then he says, should I let them inquire of me at all? So this idea of like, what have you set up into your heart? Is starting up, okay, where is your heart? Check your heart. Just classic, great, great, great phrase. And then do they lead you to sin? So not just a stumbling block, but an, or even if it's in your heart of temptation, is it actually these things leading you um, to sin? And so we have four specific questions. Like here's four different ways yeah. that you can figure, like to ask yourself, okay, how do I know if something is an idol? Um, and the first one, give me one second. Um, are you willing to compromise your beliefs for it? So are you willing to not even just like Jesus is Lord and Savior, but the belief in reality, like going to church is important because our salvation is not just individual, but communal. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to compromise gathering with the believers and gathering on a Sunday morning to worship God as sons and daughters together to lift one voice and give him glory? Are you willing to sacrifice not going to stay home and watch that football game? Mm -hmm. Like, are you willing to compromise what you believe and know to be true about who God is and who he says you are? I think that's an idol. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Another one would be, will you be angry if you can't do it or you can't get it? So, Oof. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I want to say this, but I'm going to say it. Sex probably fits in really good here, where it's yeah. like, will you be angry if for the whole rest of your life, like you, you can't partake in sex? Like you, God is calling you to celibacy and singleness or something along those lines. Like it, it can be an idol if you become angry and frustrated and hurt because you feel like God is robbing you of something because you're obviously valuing what God's calling you to less than this idea of sex mm-hmm. or you can't get it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, again, it's not along the same lines where it's maybe something that's never provided the opportunity for you in the way God designed it to be provided for you. And therefore you get angry and you start blaming God and you, you feel like he's withholding something from you. And even not as drastic as sex, like food. Yeah. yeah. Like coffee for me, soda, pop. I mean, mm-hmm. like if I, like I'm, I have decided <laughs> to try to not drink pop anymore. And so far I'm like, Amen. I'm like three weeks in and it's been fine. It's been, it's been good. Like yeah. I, I want to drink soda still, but I'm okay not having it ever again. So it's those moments where I was like, have you, can you allow yourself to take time? But even like plans and schedules, like, mm-hmm. do you have an angry reaction if you're not even running late, but all of a sudden traffic is so terrible or you run into a train that you weren't expecting and you get mad and you have this angry reaction? Like, are your schedules and plans, mm-hmm. which is ultimately control, an idol in your life where that ca- something that causes you to have a sinful reaction? Like, yeah. you're preaching the hangriness <laughs> message yeah. and I didn't Oof. eat lunch, so I can feel that. <laughs> What are other questions? Um, yeah, a second one is, do you value it over people? So do you prioritize that thing over the relationships you have in life, over even just maybe spontaneous moment God, where God is asking you to engage with someone? Mm-hmm. So your schedule, do you like? Do you prioritize your hurriedness getting out of the grocery store instead of having a quick conversation with that cashier when God is maybe prompting <sighs> you to do so? Or do you prioritize... Um, you know, having money versus spending time with your yeah. friends in some aspect where maybe you would be spending yeah, working money. way more like, hours. Yeah. yeah, working more hours, not being present with your family. Yeah, all of those could be examples of do you value this over people? So good. I, I, uh, when we lived in Watertown, <clears throat> I had a guy who had, man, moved, moved there, uh, had been in kids' ministry, literally moved to Watertown. Him and his family wanted to be close to family. 
and got there and we just, we became really good friends. And he, he taught me the value of appreciating even like other people's kids over my own things. So he, mm. he just said this idea of like, I, I don't understand the parents and like my friends who I love, my, those parents who get upset at their kid, not just their kids, but other people's kids, if they're crawling all over their couches, like is your mm. couch more important Oof. than, than that, yeah. than that ch- the child? Like mm-hmm. that is so that was convicting to me because like I did I like I lived up my stuff and possession over literally a, a child it's like oh, that is so good so if Would I want to keep a nice that. couch you can I'm have not, it not letting your kids <laughs> no, over, yeah, yeah, right? you can have a nice couch just care about my care about Alice more than your couch because she's the one who's crawling all over it <laughs> you want to ask the last question yeah the yeah and then simply just does it push you closer to God or pull you further away like reality like look at I mean relationships are huge in this right? It's, we know, man, we have conversations all the time with young adults about relationships and we can even see like how people's relationships based off of how you're spending time, how you're, how you're using resources. Is this pulling you towards a father or is this actually kind of pushing you away even though you won't recognize it? And so a lot of this is just slowing down, checking yourself, recognizing, okay, how do I see this clearly? How do I, this thing in my life, Am I asking the appropriate question to say, okay, God, is this actually good for me? Is this of you? Not even just of you, but is this drawing me to you or is it pushing me further away from you? And and one thing that's I've good. seen that's been helpful in recognizing in your language if you're struggling with idolatry is if you commonly use if-then statements about it. So if I have a meal, then I'll be happier. If I get this job, then I'll feel complete. If I have that relationship or if this person forgives me or if Mm -hmm. then I'll feel happiness and fulfillment and completion. And you're relying things that God has promised you on things that God is created and it's not himself. So to finish this idea, I do have an if-then statement for you. Ben said this (laughs) earlier when I was talking to him and it was just, if you don't know if something's an idol then stop doing it or stop thinking about it or stop going to it for a period of time and see what happens. See mm-hmm. how you do on the inside. See how you do in those relationships. Like if you're struggling with, who knows, Nate, you fill in the blank there. Take a period away, a, a, a fast period, a sabbatical period, whatever it is, and then see what happens in your life. If, if it mm-hmm. leads you closer to God because you're not doing it, if you, you're better with people because you're not doing it, whatever. And and after a period of time, then I think you can better readdress what that maybe was doing to you on the inside. It's good. So, so good. now we want to give you guys some personal mm-hmm. examples because, yeah, we, won't, we, we don't always get super personal on the podcast, but in the sense of like the topics we're talking about. But we want to do it for this one just to kind of give you a little bit of tangibility on areas mm-hmm. where we as pastoral staff yeah. still can struggle with idolatry. Super good. Um, my, mine... We're either going to be my wife because I've one hundred percent idolized her. <laughs> Shout out Abby and the love you, babe. Um, number th- at least top three listener of the podcast without a doubt. <laughs> but no, like there was a beginning in our relationship where I would have dreams about her dying and like oh. wake up incredibly like just distraught and broken. Like grief is not bad, and we're actually going to do a grief podcast soon. But it was, there was something happening to literally my body and the way I was reacting that like I would be lost if she, Mm. if she died and just having to wrestle through like, okay, is God still a good God? If I lose my wife, that doesn't mean I wouldn't be broken. Like it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't be hurt. Um, But do I, how, how, what does it look like to trust God in a situation like that? Um, And then a more calmer one is like football. I love football. I love 
<laughs> and I shouldn't say it like this, but I, I absolutely love watching the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. It's just fun. It's something like from my childhood, me and my dad all the time. Like we skip church to watch football. Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. I, I went to church twice a year, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> Not a lot of games are, uh, no games are played on Easter. Um, but I just, I loved it. And so like getting into ministry, right? Become a follower of Jesus, committing to this, what I really did believe about, like just who God was, who he said he's and what he's asking of me to be a committed follower of Jesus and what that looks like. Like there was a season when I was a college student of like, I had to wrestle with I'm, it's okay that I'm going to miss a Vikes game to go to church and go to Oasis. Mm. Like, that's okay. And if it's not okay, something's wrong. Yeah. And I like having to fight through that and wrestle with that and just repent of that was a big deal. Yeah, that's good. Jana, what do you that's think? Good. Yeah, I mean, a big one for me that I've wrestled with for a good part of my 20s is just not – is the idol of marriage. Um, I very much want to be married, and I'm still single. And even, like, graduating from college, graduating single was, like – kind of a big deal. And I had to wrestle with, okay, I was angry with God for a little while. Like, why has this not happened? God, what, you know, what not? That idea of like, oh, he's withhold, withholding something good for me. Yeah. And I've had to wrestle through it and ask good questions. And like, there are still days where it's like, I really want to be married yeah. and I have to mm-hmm. check that in myself. And so that's a big one for me, for sure. Yeah. And I, thank you guys for saying both of those. It really makes me feel better because I don't struggle with idolatry. <laughs> I, I don't know what you guys' problem is. Worst. You are the worst. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. I mean, I got I got the laundry list I could give to you. But I think one thing that I consistently will see flare up in myself, and I've gotten better at checking it, which is, I think, part of the growth process, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Yeah. But it's when my, my things become more important to me than people. And mm-hmm. we've talked about that. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily my couch, but a story I just had this last weekend. I took a trip. And it was a bunch of guys we got in one vehicle. It was way too crowded and way too much stuff. But I had my my white pillow stacked <laughs> nicely on top of the pile in the trunk. Okay, makes sense. You know, I needed mm-hmm. my own pillow to sleep because I sleep better if I bring my own pillow. This is just, this is, and one of the guys, as he was loading into the van to start this road trip, he had wheeled his suitcase through the snow and then proceeded to put his suitcase on top of my pillow. <laughs> And it got snow and mud all over my white pillow in which I planned to sleep the whole weekend. And at that moment, if I wasn't a Christian, <laughs> I think we would have had some hands thrown. But I didn't care. You like thrown fist. I didn't care that this was the first interaction we were going to have in the day. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. care that he he did it on accident. I didn't care for him as a, as a, honestly an individual in that single moment because he'd ruined something that I brought and I yeah. cared about. You know, it was it was as simple as a pillow. But I think you could make a hundred hundred different examples on car or yeah. phone or whatever you want to make it. But I I have seen in myself where people damaging or people disrespecting or people just misusing my possessions can negatively affect my view of them and how I'm treating those in, them in those moments. And that's 100% not of God and idolatry. Yeah. That's super good. I think, Man. yeah, that's just, that's just really good. So like you said, we want to get into advice on what do we do pushing in to help fight idolatry to, to do these things. So you said just a part of that is recognizing it. Mm-hmm. Like why is that so important? Oh, yeah, that's definitely the first piece. Why? Is, well, I mean, anytime <laughs> – Anytime you're dealing with an issue, like if you're not able to recognize it, you can't yeah, change it. It's good. Mm-hmm. And even though I jokingly said, yo, I don't have any idol problems, like 
there might be some people listening or other people you know who do, truly believe they don't have problems with idols. Super good. You know, yeah. they're not worshiping false gods. Where where could they possibly struggle with idolatry? Yeah. And in that, they're not able to find the healing from the thing that they we we probably could definitely say they're struggling with mm-hmm. because they're not able to recognize it. So that first step is to have those conversations, to listen to this podcast. So as you're going through this, please don't just listen and then turn the podcast off. Do a little bit of reflecting to see, okay, yeah. maybe where where did they touch some stuff in my life that uh, maybe God is calling me to Super ask good. and make some changes there. Yeah. So And a, a Tim Keller quote about, so he has a book called Counterfeit Gods, which mm-hmm. is a really, really good book. But this quote from it says, an idol is anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, and anything that you seek to give you what only God can give. And I think those are just three really great parameters of like, how do I recognize yeah. if something yeah. is an idol in my life? Super good. And then what's the next step? Okay, I've recognized it. I see this as an issue. Where do I go? Yeah, repentance. Just straight mm-hmm. up, repent, which is literally means to turn. Acts 3 uh something uh <laughs> repent turn to god that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the lord mm. uh mm. repent is literally this idea of confess so it's saying I've, i'm recognizing not only have i recognized sin i'm confessing that i've done this that i have this idol in my life that i've lifted up this thing that this thing has caught as brought to me fulfillment satisfaction that only god you can fully actually truly give me yeah so i've confessed it and i'm saying and then i'm going to turn to you which is repentance ultimately is confession and turning and running towards God. Mm-hmm. And is there a last piece? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So then after you repent, you confess, you turn away, you got to replace. Cause if you just leave an empty void, you're leaving space for Satan so to just good. bring it back in or fill it with something else. Mm-hmm. So how do you replace that with God? If it's, um, you know, you want to spend that hour watching a TV show or football. Okay. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn away. I'm going to fill this hour with God mm-hmm. or I have an issue with, gluttony with food and and i'm gonna spend a meal fasting like yeah replace that idol with the worship of god so good super good yeah and i think knowing all this i will say this every chance i get to talk is our faith and our journey is not an individual one; it is a communal one Mm -hmm. bring people into the process Mm -hmm. let people know what you struggle with that's good not only can they call it out and they can pray for you and yeah james 5 16 what? We want to get healed. You know, we want to be better followers of Jesus. We want to live the way He's called us to live, to live into our identity in Him. And to do that, you need the help of people and you need yeah. to recognize and start to, to deal with some of these problems of idolatry. Amen. That's it. Amen. Let's go. Let's That's go. So we missed a week. We are sorry about that, but we are back and we don't plan on going anywhere. So we thank you for tuning in uh, and we will see you next week. Yep.